The following program contains language not suitable for all ages. Discretion advised. So you may have noticed our convention episode left off on kind of an optimistic note about the future of anime conventions. And um, yeah, some stuff has happened since then. So we're adding a bonus episode to go over the massive transformation that has taken place in the convention landscape now that COVID-19 has made large gatherings inadvisable against the backdrop of possibly the largest civil rights movement in American history, which I have to stress is more important than anime. Yeah, it's been a year. I'm Yudoi Travis, Black Lives Matter, and this is Anime in America. Surprisingly, this episode might also end on an optimistic note, but this tectonic shift in conventions affects a lot of people, from the owners and operators of convention spaces to the staff of anime conventions themselves, anime licensors, publishers, celebrities, dealers, independent artists, and yes, uh, your common anime fan. In case you're an alien listening to this podcast after its broadcast traveled the vast darkness of space to your solar system, probably only reaching you once the human race has already gone extinct, so this doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, I will just go ahead and recap the whole pandemic thing. Experts began warning that a virulent new strain of coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, was rapidly spreading in late 2019 and developing into the disease COVID-19, which escalated to a worldwide pandemic in early 2020, finally resulting in a wave of national quarantine orders spanning the globe, mostly beginning around March. So now that the aliens are caught up, let's continue. Needless to say, many event coordinators have been sweating since January, which is where we're going to take our first look under the hood at the whole situation. Anime fans were growing nervous in February since many conventions had suddenly gone dark on social media, which is where we'll start with an inside prospect courtesy of Crunchyroll's own Mary Franklin and Adam Sheehan. I'm Mary Franklin. I am the head of events at Crunchyroll, and I've been here for a little over a year. Um, My background is in fan passion events. I started at Lucasfilm in 2001, was there for 14 years working as head of events and fan relations on shows like Star Wars Celebration and all the other great things Lucasfilm did. Then I went to Read Pop, launched Comic-Cons in multiple countries, um, which was super exciting. And now I'm at Crunchyroll, which I'm here because I love the way Crunchyroll treats the fans. And that's why I'm really excited to be creating events for anime fans here. I'm Adam Sheen. I'm the director of events over here at Crunchyroll, which of course I work for Mary doing all the cool stuff. Uh, I've been at Crunchyroll since 2015. My second day on the job was AX. Uh, well, luckily, um, I've done it before because I spent 10 years before that at Funimation. And before that, doing some anime card game stuff and traveling the country in a Dragon Ball Z Hummer. But that's a story for a different time. But overall, basically, uh, talking to fans, being a fan myself of anime for, a, you know, for my whole life, and basically getting a chance to be uh, getting into conventions since I think my first con was 96, and I started working at cons in 97. Um, it just was in our blood, basically, basically, to do cool things for the fandoms. And, and I loved anime, so it made a lot of sense. And extremely happy to be you know, part of the founding team that brought Crunchyroll Expo to life, and really happy to continue to see where it's going into the future. Upcoming cons had stopped announcing new guests and panels, and stay-at-home orders were beginning to look like a certainty in the U.S., but the cons weren't canceling. Rest assured, the organizers of your favorite annual events were not trying to make off into the night with your early registration money. Many of them were just caught between a rock and a hard place. 
Well, some of them, like, you just hope. You hope it's going to get better, I think. You know, like, you, there's just hope. You just want, you work so hard. You've worked all this time on the show. And you just really want to do it. You've got everything lined up. Um, with some, there's, like, the business reason of if you cancel or the convention center cancels first, like, who loses the money? You know, there's some kind of weighing, you know, those kind of things, like playing chicken with the convention center. Who has to make the call first? So some of that. and yeah, and you know, I also think the states, I'm not trying to get political here, maybe I sound it. I think the direction in different states too is so different. Like here, it's been very clear. Phase four events are not going to happen until X, Y, and Z. So, you know, concerts, conventions, sporting events with fans, like this, this, and this have to happen. So like we had it pretty clear. Like these things have to happen. Some states it hasn't been at all. And yeah, I think it's much murkier for some of those event people to have to decide what they're going to do. Muddying the waters even further, and I can't believe I even have to get into this on an anime podcast, is insurance. As of January 2020, most event cancellation insurance policies mysteriously changed their exclusions to include pandemics or diseases suspiciously similar to COVID-19, but even policies purchased well before this point often include language requiring either a state of emergency declaration by the state or for the World Health Organization to declare the disease a pandemic before they'll pay out. And obviously, you can bet insurance companies will do their best not to pay out regardless. Since many states and counties were designating a state of emergency at different times, thanks to a slow response on the federal level, canceling before the requirements of your policy were met by outside forces entirely out of your control could mean a massive financial loss and so many conventions were forced to hold out hope. They weren't just sitting there with their finger hovering over a big red cancel button. I forget how many stages of grief there are, something like that, it's like versus denial, then anger, then and the exact order of which order. I'm sure I didn't go in order, but it's along lines of like, oh, that's, that's a little rough. That one got canceled. We actually came back from C2E2 in Chicago and then quarantined ourselves before the mass quarantine came out because we're like, well, let's just be safe. Let's not go back to the office. And then like a week or so later is when we got like, no, no, no. No one's going back to the office. This is like a month or so, right? Like we can sweat this out, no problem. No, 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 this is for reals. And when we, when it first started like, oh, like when the first couple of cons were canceled, I forget which ones they were. It was like, oh my goodness, that one canceled. And then that one canceled and that one canceled. And then after a while it's like, now you're expecting them to be canceled or go virtual or something along those lines. So it came, began with like, oh, this isn't that big a deal. We'll figure it out to holy crap, holy crap, holy crap to okay, where do we pivot to now? Because clearly this is going to be a bit. So that was that was my, my pass through of time for dealing with that when I first heard about it. Finally, the cancellations of March conventions started to roll in and the writing was on the wall. Many of the major anime cons are between July and October and it was becoming increasingly clear that the situation wasn't gonna blow over by then. So organizers had to ask themselves, what now? Well, it turns out the answer is pretty obvious, the internet. In what's becoming a theme on this podcast, the first great steps in this brave new world of anime fandom were made by fans. The very first virtual anime convention was a fan-run event called Anime Lockdown, a free three-day convention from May 1st to May 3rd featuring mostly fan-submitted content, but which pulled in some special guests, including voice actors Kyle Hebert and Veronica Taylor to host Q&As, as well as discotheque and write stuff to hold industry panels. DJ Obi-Wan Kenobi held a late-night performance on Saturday, and the con even featured its own Discord channel and a virtual dealer's room and artist alley linking to the sites and social media of private artists. Honestly, a pretty complete convention experience, all things considered. 
The industry's been quick to follow, but this transition has caused some major discussions among companies that already technically do the things a digital con entails, like releasing hosted video content, watch-along streams, voice actor and staff interviews, online announcement events, or, say, putting on an annual live-streamed award show. The question is figuring out how to distinguish a digital con from business as usual. What's the difference between an online promotion and a digital event? And it really came down to what we defined it as, not every little world is, I'm definitely excited to see people are defining as different things. It's if you're just doing like a one-off something that just lives in some spots, promoting one IP, it's a promotion. If you're doing a collection of stuff or obviously a day of things, or it's a bigger, it's a lot more you know, tendrils to it, it's an event. So it really just comes down to it like the Anime Awards. That's a virtual event. Because basically it is a way called multiple, it's an award show, award shows are considered events. Um, if I'm doing a promotion where I'm doing an interview with a Japanese guest um, about Tower of God, and that's just that, I would say that's an online promotion. So it's really kind of basically the scope, scale, and well, quantity you're putting out there online. Definitions may vary by company, but they did pivot with UK-based Anime Limited leading the charge on May 30th with Cloud Matsuri, an online convention with an impressive slate of guests from Studio Orange, Science Saru, and Polygon Pictures. During the convention, they also showed off Screen Anime, a hybrid streaming service and film festival with a rotating roster of newly released and premiere anime films and series. Funimation also announced their first convention of any kind, the Digital Funimation Con, which happened on 4th of July weekend, back-to-back with Aniplex Online Fest. Each featuring a ton of headlining musical guests, with Funimation announcing a slate of dub voice actor panels, and Aniplex featuring many of their biggest hits from the past few years. Strangely, these two online events were scheduled during the same weekend that the biggest anime convention in the US, Anime Expo, held the free online version of their annual convention, dubbed Anime Expo Liked. For those hoping this whole thing will blow over later in the year, and maybe you can attend some late 2020 conventions in person, bad news, Otakon is also going digital with Otakon Online, and yes, even Crunchyroll Expo will be online this year. It's a tough pill to swallow, but there are definitely advantages. While we're missing out on the bustling in-person convention feel, and the cosplay you painstakingly constructed will go unseen by all but those who pay for your OnlyFans, digital cons definitely have their advantages. Beyond the whole not catching COVID thing. FOMO is entirely non-existent in 2020. You don't have to carefully contemplate your vacation days or budgetary concerns to decide which cons you absolutely must attend, only to discover one of your favorite creators is attending a con that didn't make the cut after you've already paid for your plane tickets. There are no plane tickets or hotel reservations whatsoever. While you're missing out on cool hotel room parties that you're definitely regularly invited to, not being around people also means dodging the dreaded con stink which is a phrase I invented that is that people smell bad at cons. Basically, there are trade-offs, but the most important question is, do these new digital conventions provide the same attractions? It goes without saying that conventions are both important to fans and a huge promotional tool for the industry, so you can bet event organizers, publishers, licensors, and distributors are all heavily invested in some big solutions right now. So things are kind of hectic. I'm still kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall. I, I still haven't gotten out of this spaghetti phase yet. Because <laughs> we were going to do just one of the many things at the live event, like a, a yuzu cafe that was really a cat adoption. 
cafe. Like, for real. You got to figure out, like, how do we do this virtually? And can we have a karaoke room where our friends can get together and sing live, like, just with their friends? And we, can we have this? And, you know, and, and we want games and we want live DJs and we want this and that. And so I'm, I'm still throwing spaghetti. I'm not past that yet. Yeah, when we record this, um, probably at the end of May, and this will come up a lot later, and we'll might be sideways, upside down, and purple. Um, but at the time, this league, we're still definitely in that blue sky world. When you look at the team, um, and just go, here's all of the ideas. Let's just go, let's expand as wide as we can, and then we'll go, okay, what actually can we do? You know, we can't do it all, but we basically have to at least look at everything and dream as big as possible, and then go to other companies that are doing this and say, hey, you build this for this. And they go, I can't do exactly that, but I see what your goal is. I can do this. And they go, that's either maybe better than we're thinking or damn close. And we can grow it to be down the road to be better. We'll get some feedback. So blue sky moments are right now definitely going on on what we want to do and how we want to grow it. Um, but this is the general junkie part, which is the, what about this? What about this? What about this? Basically, like if we're using the spaghetti reference, basically we're in Italy going mad. Conventions are just panels, dealer halls, and getting drunk in hotel rooms. They're cafes, gaming areas, meetups, quiet rooms, screening rooms, artist alleys, a pool full of plushies you can dive into. A lot of little things that all make up the convention experience. The smallest details are being looked at for ways that they can be made into a virtual experience, even if it's just navigating a packed convention center or spotting a cosplay of a character that you like in the hotel lobby. Like I thought it was awesome. A lot of love for anime around here. Clearly, I saw like, you know, people basically um, making like uh, groups, chats, and sharing different stuff. Uh, obviously, someone I think recreated anime on uh, Animal Crossing Island. So you basically visit the, the, the Artist Alley room. I know someone in Minecraft created the, um, uh, uh, the the hotel for Anime Central. So basically, there's people out there like they have this energy and they want us to be with their friends. And it's either user created or it's the convention created that says, hey, we really can't do much now, but please come and just feel a little bit of this like this weekend. So we're seeing them trying to say, we're sorry, we know it's not our fault, but we're sorry that we can't be here this weekend, but let's try to do something together, especially this remember this weekend, and we cannot wait again to see you till next year. But we want to make ours more like, a little more like feeling like you're in a physical event space with friends. Like we really want to have friends be able to choose to chat with each other so like they can go around the convention with their friends to go to a panel, leave the panel, go to the art show, leave the art show, go back to the panel, you know, do different different things. So for us, an event is going to have a different different aspects like you would find at a show floor, like exhibitors in the exhibit hall, artists in the artist alley, panels and screenings and premieres in the theater area like that and how it's exactly going to look visually we're still working on that we don't know (laughs) discord channels to hang out in and chat with your friends virtual hotel lobbies made of blocks and even custom animal crossing outfits instead of free posters and those branded drawstring bags Conventions are undergoing a digital renaissance as organizers deconstruct all the individual elements that make live events so attractive and find new ways to deliver them. It's tumultuous, but to a lot of people on the ground floor, it's also very exciting. But this is the day-to-day has really just been switching um, also gears from we are an expert in this. We've all done this. We have a great team at this and doing this stuff for a long, long time. And we know how to do this. Now we got throwing in a huge wrench of things we don't know that's changing every day. So as Mary Max mentioned on research, we're looking to a lot of stuff where we know how to project manage, which is basically 
events events work is just project management with a gun to your head. <laughs> Wake up, just like the show's happening if you like it or not, get it done in one way or another. Um, we can still do that, and we have the um, the wonderful teams uh, and people like Crunchyroll as wonderful assets for content for other things like that. So we're used to leaning on them to get promotions and pieces. It's instead of setting up a photo op in a booth, how do I do something like that on digital is where we're learning stuff. So a lot of our day to day has been a mix of talking to companies to basically get what we need to um, onboard it properly, uh, research, 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 which just comes, harkens back to when we first did CRX. We, um, I know spent at least a year looking at other conventions and saying, what are they doing differently? What are we wanting to do? I remember like when I first walked into BlizzCon going, ah, this has got some cool things here we no one else is doing. And basically taking some of those ideas from what we want to build to CRX down the road kind of moments. So um, the data has changed in, in those areas at least. Yeah, and we have such a good team. The events team has been so flexible. They've been willing to jump in and research ideas that at first some of them seemed just completely nuts. And now actually, you know, they're making them happen. They're still completely nuts, but doable. Yeah, they're, they're, they're making them happen. Obviously, the most important aspect of any convention, however, is the Japanese guests. Creators and voice actors that worked on our favorite shows coming in to share their thoughts, conduct interviews, and obviously sign a lot of shit. Or even taking a step back from that, how are you going to stream a celebrity into an event? Ask them to set up a webcam in their living room with their home internet connection? Well, this has struck up some intense back and forth over the Pacific, and turns out other countries actually have very good broadband. From the um, the ones we've talked to so far about it, because again, we're still you know in May when we're talking about this. Uh, we get, we talked to a good chunk of them about switching from being a, a you know, physical guest to a virtual guest. A lot of them are feeling because of the situation going on better. They're they were worried about traveling um, over states uh, for a multitude of different reasons. Um, and when we said, hey, no, you stay, you can stay right there. We'll bring it to you. And not only was the guest, but like, oh, that's great. I feel much safer. It's also the um, the agency, the licensors, and everyone else said, I still found a way to promote your brand. And we get this to bring some awesome content to the fans. But basically, you can stay right there in the state. And they were like, oh, cool. So they were just a lot more about, can you give me details of what you're thinking about? Because they also, lucky enough, they, we've worked with a lot of these companies before. They know when we, we do something, it's like, I, you don't expect from company A, but Crunchy was probably going to try something that's really cool or different. I better get some more details. So because of that, basically, they're asking a lot of questions about it. But once we normally answer generally about like, here's what I think you want you to do. Here's how we're going to pull it off. Here's the tech side of it. They normally start going, oh, that's really cool. Okay, cool. Let's let's keep doing. Let's keep going. So overall, the excitement, it's been relief, then excitement. Yeah. And I think we might end up being able to get a bigger variety of guests. Because like, you know, say we're talking to the studio about a new show. And maybe all we can afford to bring over, like with all the travel and everything, is like maybe you know two voice actors and an artist, which I mean is great. But now, like we have the option of you know maybe we can talk to more voice actors, director, more artists. You know, like we have actually the ability to maybe get more people involved from each studio, which I think could really add to the programming. You know, maybe in the future too. Like you think about, we go back to live events and we bring over two or three of the cast and crew from a show, and can they be joined virtually by some other people for a panel? I mean, that's something that maybe could work well. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's like in a, in a good way. I think it's like, again, technology is going to um, high tides raise all ships kind of thing, or this is going to be a, a something we get used to and they're going to start demanding it. Um, some aspect of a virtual like that too. I'm not sure if they're quite going to be like, and here's a hologram of Hayao Miyazaki, you know, basically high-fiving Tim. I'm for that. Um, quite yet. But I mean, there might be some, I think there's going to be some kind of element basically ties in between the two. And it's funny even how fast this has come along. I can't, I think it was only two years ago or maybe in three max, um, basically at a Comic-Con where they were like, they had to bring in Steven Spielberg who was on set somewhere in the desert um, to Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con live video between the two. And it was like the biggest news is like, they got Spielberg, but he's not really in the building. And I'm like, like I'm not talking 2005. I'm talking like 2017 or 2018. And it's like, now we're like, yeah, of course you do. Like, that's, that's just what you do. That's, I'm doing that right now. It's just it's not that hard. But it's amazing how fast we're going with tech, what the expectations of it are now. So I, I expect, and I think we expect basically that, um, that this is going to be part of the, the good part of the new normal. We did a live Q&A with Hayden Christensen for um, Star Wars episode two or three. I can't remember. He wasn't there. I think it was episode two. And because that was a long time ago. That was 2002. And so we have people in the audience asking questions, you know, and had him remote on set somewhere. And I just remember the tremendous amount of work we had to do for that at that time. I mean, that was just like, that was such a major undertaking. It, you know, to to make that work live. And I think he was in Australia, actually, shooting. And I mean, it was just huge. And now it's just already, it's it's still evolving, but it's already like so much simpler. Some growing pains are inevitable, but in the present, we might be able to look forward to an even greater diversity of guests without the cost and effort of putting everybody on two 12-hour flights. Plus, I don't know about you, but a lot of them are probably looking at more free time than they're used to having leaving them with some room to jump on a Zoom call for a couple hours. One day, it may be safe to stand less than six feet away from another human being. Who knows? But the work that's being done right now could revolutionize the way we do conventions in the long term, because if we've learned anything in the past few months, it's that we are all way more accessible than we thought we were. So the thought of having a guest call in from 5,300 miles away and then streaming that panel to viewers in space or wherever the fuck doesn't seem so far-fetched. I am recording this podcast on Zoom. Another good part is when we go back to physical events, which I believe we will, because people like to get together. When we go back, we're going to have new tools that we didn't have before. And we're going to be able to combine them with the live events and reach more people around the world, which that's that's a good thing. And I've said it to the team, we probably should have been looking into these things before this, but it's making us it's making us do it now. So we're figuring it out. Yeah, looking at the uh, the upside overall, basically, to the situation that is that's going on in the world is that basically we are all you know events and beyond are being forced to do things and things things that we're like I'll put that off till later. There is no later. That is only now. Um, and because of that, basically, I think conventions and events when we do come back are going to be stronger because of the virtual ones. But the hunger for the virtual ones will not go away because I've never seen many surveys over the years asking people um, not at conventions, just asking people through surveys and um, out there is like. How many people would love to be um, uh, at a certain event to be at a convention? Um, and like 80, 90% or more. How many people basically have ever been to convention or have access to convention? It's like 20%. So there's a gap. So basically, with, with, with the excitement of what we're to figure out of making a virtual country or expo and doing virtual events in other areas is really, um, what we call it, going to basically just add to 
the physical events in the future because not only be able to you know say hey we've actually got some things you can interact with maybe like AR style or whatever it's going to be in the future um, uh, basically actually the physical event but also if you can't be here you can still be here and that's what it really comes down to is we love connecting with fans definitely face to face but if you can't be here but you still want to connect to somehow I think everything's going to ramp up now to be more virtual feels just less like a screen and more like actual conversation or a connection because we're trying to be training ourselves to be doing that over the, this, these coming times. Conventions going digital means that not only can corporations like Viz continue selling their products, but attendees also don't have to make a huge financial investment just to get into a physical space where, for lack of a better phrase, they get to shop. Conventions are shopping. Technology helps level the playing field both financially and physically, so especially in a time when people are more acutely aware of the pitfalls of capitalism as an economic system, the move to digital means that within this dual economic structure, everybody can benefit. So it's positive. I did it. It's done. So sit tight with a slightly more relaxed convention season in 2020 and look forward to what new things 2021 will have to show us. In the meantime, stay safe and wear your goddamn mask. I don't know what else to tell you. Thanks for listening to Anime in America presented by Crunchyroll. If you enjoyed this, please rate us and share this podcast with a friend. Also, check out CrunchyrollExpo.com to learn more about virtual CRX happening September 4th through 6th. Special thanks to Mary Franklin and Adam Sheehan for giving us their insights. This episode is hosted by me, Yudoye Travis, and you can find me on Instagram at Professor Doye and Twitter at YudoyeOT if you want. Research and written by me and Peter Phobian, edited by Chris Lightbody, and produced by me, Braith Miller, Peter Phobian, and Jesse Goldsberry. 